Black Female Project. This is Precious Stroud, and it's Black Female Project podcast. I'm really excited to be here with Dr. Tamika Maglan. Today, um, our topic is not only Dr. Maglan's experience uh, navigating environments as a professional, but also in her work as a researcher to look at the first collection of Black Female Project stories and contributions, as well as surveys, entry points for those who've contributed and participated, and to offer some findings, some thoughts, possibly even some areas of solution and guidance in steps for us as we share this collection more widely. So Dr. Maglan, thank you for being here with me today. And if you would please, our traditional opening is for our guests to say their name, their industry, and what level career they are. Wonderful. Thank you, Precious. I must start with gratitude, though. I have been in awe of your courageous leadership with and for Black Female Project. And so I'm not only grateful to know you and be a part of your evolving vision and those who have lived into it since its inception, there's also something to be said about having the opportunity to participate and contribute uh, from a research evaluation assessment perspective and be acknowledged as someone who was a trusted uh, colleague and teammate uh, in this experience uh, where I had the the fortunate opportunity to be on the other end of uh, reviewing uh, information and data and submissions related to writing and the contributions from the various Black Female Project events. So I just want to say thank you. I don't take this experience lightly um, for a range of reasons. And I think that the the gravity of what you have created has also been counterbalanced by the healing that you have created uh, for yourself and the vulnerability of your journey, as well as those of the Black Female Project Network. So it's quite an honor to be here. In short, my name is Dr. Maglon, Dr. Tamika Lynette Maglon. I'm in the public education systems work, which includes uh, looking at uh, PK-12 education combined with the community college system, as well as the four-year institutions in our state, uh, primarily the California State University and the University of California. So public education is the industry sector, uh, but from a systemic standpoint, and I am a mid-career professional. The first question, you know, it's I feel like I'm walking you through the questions that I've shared with you that we ask. But um, what inspired your connection to the Black Female Project and even more specifically to serve on our advisory kind of committee and board? We really do appreciate that service and your lens along the way. But what inspired your connection to Black Female Project? Well, when I was contemplating and structuring my responses for this podcast, uh, which I would only do for you, Precious. <laughs> uh, what was so clear to me was my motivation for engaging in the Black Female Project experience uh, was you. It's really that simple for me. Uh, your vision, your steadfast courage, as I mentioned earlier, your commitment to create spaces around 
I'd say, context and content that involves a very deep level of intersectionality, but also trust. And that is rare to construct. And I would listen to some of your ideas, your visions, your journey, and your own professional experiences. Uh, and they resonated so deeply for me because of my own. Um, and so I think that uh, it's really a simple answer, you. Uh, you're an inspiration. Uh, you are the quintessential presence of what it means to be in action around creating healing spaces for others. Well, thank you. That is quite a lot to take in. And I appreciate it. It's because of people like you that have allowed me to actually heal. And and I will add, uh, considering the fact that you are a very humble person. Um, and I think that uh, the other aspects of my uh, connection and interest was not only um, watching it, the nascent stages of your ideation, brainstorming, contemplation around what was possible in your journey, but the way in which you facilitated that from a stance of inclusion for others. And so in understanding my own personal and professional experiences, anchoring in alignment with yours, recognizing those essential needs of others who were also experiencing comparable and compatible challenges within their professional and personal uh, experiences. I just thought that it would be uh, critical uh, for me to not only serve um, in a leadership capacity, but also in a contributing role, but also as a listener and observer and a, a student to your vision. Can you tell us what exactly do you do? Like, what is your professional work like, especially for those who may not know what a career in research and assessment might be? Great question. Uh, and that's another one that I often struggle with uh, responding because there's no simple answer to the way in which the complexities of my professional work shows up. Uh, if we were talking content, I would simply say, you know, um, research, evaluation and assessment, like from a technical perspective and the ways in which research and evidence and uh, the way in which that element within public education impacts and influences policy and practice. So policy from a legislative standpoint, um, in terms of the legislation that supports all kinds of different ways we think about reform initiatives and improvements that are geared towards creating more opportunities inside of the, I'd say, historically um let me frame this the, the way in which I'm trying to get to it. One of the things that is essential for me is what does it mean to institutionalize equity? So later on in my response, I'll speak more about that. But we know in our public education schooling system, uh, it was designed in the early 1900s, structured in a way that uh, it was clear that not only tracking, but the level of institutionalized oppression and, and racism and economics or lack thereof in terms of accessing uh, viable economics from the reality that there was usually two pathways to your next stage of life after any kind of educational experience. Either you were going to go to college or you were going to, quote unquote, use your hands um, and go into the fields. Uh, and especially in the black community, there were, uh, you know, really just 
three dimensions of engagement. You could be a teacher, a preacher, or a farmer uh, when we think of the early 1900s. And so unfortunately, many of the structural dynamics that were invested in by uh, non-people of color, um, the dominant culture really started to uh, demonstrate in the way in which learning was accessible and wasn't accessible in public education. So unfortunately, we're still dealing with uh, the residuals of a structural system that doesn't serve uh, students um, and children and families uh, in the way in which those who design the system uh, would want for their own. And so in my work, uh, the legislative piece is about creating equitable legislation that supports uh, bridging opportunity and achievement in economic gaps. Um, the research evaluation assessment, the evidence across those three dynamics, the research is intended to tell us more about what works well or what doesn't work well. And then that in-between space um, evaluation usually takes us from a programmatic lens to do some of the same. And then assessment creates opportunities to analyze how practice is manifesting in the implementation of practice and those legislative directives show up in the PK-12 space, but also at the community college level and into the four-year institutions. If those young people furthest from opportunity actually have a chance to make it uh, and have post-secondary options available to them versus a system that usually disengages them in ways where they are not served effectively and well. And so all that to say, um, the intersectionality of research practice and policy across multiple institutions is where I am a broker, a bridge builder, and I utilize my survey and systems level leadership to influence decisions and support efforts that are about capacity building uh, in the classroom, from the classroom to the boardroom, uh, legislative practices uh, from the federal level to the state level to the regional level to the local level, and then ways in which we use a range of different research methodologies along the continuum of evaluation and assessment to see where we're making progress, where we're not, and what has to be done to make a shift. So do you feel like you were prepared for what you encountered in your professional realm? Well, that made for an interesting question for me. I'd say, yes, I, I was prepared because I believe that um, I'm destined to walk in my purpose. And I have always felt fundamentally, even though this, I feel like the profession chose me, uh, there, that there were always places along the way where I received what I needed, even when I felt discouraged um, or challenged um, or dismissed or minimized. I mean, there's a range of different things that I know I'll speak to when we uh, talk a little more about the the challenges and obstacles inside of professional experiences that can be uh, dismissive, dis dehumanizing, disrespectful, etc. Uh, but I'd say yes, with the caveat that one can never anticipate with accuracy the level, frequency, nor duration of the challenges entailed and or the impact within systems and cycles of oppression. Can you share a bit about the ways that your Blackness and or femininity is either honored or challenged in your field or industry or type of work? Absolutely. Well, well, I can say, you know, easily in most of the meetings, convenings, engagements that I am uh, invited into um, and often asked to 
participate in. I am usually only uh, one, uh, if not the only one, um, but one of a few, not only people of color, uh, but African-Americans. I think for me, in every way, my knowledge is questioned, my abilities, my capacity for leadership, my credentials. uh, Did affirmative action lead me to where I'm at? Um, And those perceptions, uh, whether they come from fear or their assumptions or prior experiences or just simply cultural differences or a dissonance uh, to this black body. Uh, Yes. uh, And that I experience in ways that I don't think I ever could have been prepared for retrospectively. And I trust divinely that I was where I was supposed to be when I was supposed to be there in order to become who I am. Um, As for femininity, that's always an interesting question um, because I do think sexism is real and present. And I'm a woman who might wear a bow tie or a tie one day, if not most days professionally. So um, I think that that's a more complex question considering how femininity as a construct is perceived. And so when you you have uh, blackness, uh, you have femininity, but then a question about even how the representation of femininity shows up, uh, that adds a whole nother dimension to what happens when I show up in professional spaces. So what advice would you like to share with younger women looking to get involved in your field or industry? Yeah, um, I would say um, I'd The first thing I'd say is I don't give advice, um, but I will offer some offerings. Um, I would encourage them to explore and nourish their interest and also be clear that they have a what I would define as a spiritual centering and clarity um, and some rituals around uh, who they are so that they're able to select wisely all of their interests that could come into play. Um, fundamentally, I do think that um, having um, some valuable experiences in high school and some aspirations and ambitions around moving into college um, are critical. Um, critical experiences where I think that you bring yourself to each experience. And in this field of education, usually the expectation is if you're going to be any kind of credible voice around education, there's value placed on either having worked in a school or working in a district um, that informs how you interpret your role and responsibility as, say, a researcher, um, as well as a a policy uh, leader. So I think that one of the things that I would encourage and offer is that they spend time uh, not only amassing the educational uh, credentials you need in order to work in a school and or a district, but that they actually spend some time in a school or a district, whether they um, move into the range of different pathways in the field of education, but that they spend some time in schools and districts while also amassing the credentials along the way, typically a bachelor's in a credential and or a master's uh, in additional credentials to serve in schools and districts. And then I would say, learn, learn, learn about who you're serving uh, and, and, Part of that requires one to do some work around those things I mentioned earlier about nourishing an established practice so that you understand that um, you are in a system that doesn't necessarily support um, you 
uh, as a person of color or as an African-American uh, female. Uh, this system is not designed to be in service to your highest and greatest brilliance, because unfortunately, it's a system that's designed um, where the data tells us oftentimes critical mass of African-American children um, are mistreated and or disengaged from the learning process due to the experiences that they have early on in their elementary years. And the longer they stay in the system, typically by all traditional metrics, the worse they perform. So that tells me there's a system issue often and there's a historical and, and again, intersectionality of like history uh, a political landscape and economics where we know that disenfranchised and marginalized co communities um, are stuck in cycles of poverty. Um, and usually you can backwards map that to the quality of education they received early on in their experiences across families, generations, um, et cetera. The only other thing that I also would add is um, establishing a thriving and healthy community where you feel safe to be express, expressly who you are, um, while also, you know, making sure that there's places within community for vulnerability, reflection, discussion, um, action, healing, very much like Black Female Project, uh, and ultimately securing mentorship. I do believe that mentorship played a significant role um, with my grandmother in terms of the early foundational stages of, of mentorship that I received from someone who was an educator, but her sister was an educator. I'm fourth generation uh, educator. Um, and so, and I had other relatives and many of us in my family are all educators and we work in communities that reflect us. And so I think that mentorship within your internal resources is just as critical as, as mentorship um, externally and securing engagements with uh, other uh, black professionals, educators. Uh, they don't necessarily have to be in the industry, but it's helpful to have that mentorship uh, from individuals who have served in schools and districts and who have served in the public education field. Thank you. We would like to thank our sponsors, Che Abram, Fern Stroud with BlackVines.net, Holly Babe Faust and Janet Stone, who are donors and supporters of the project, Yuju Ho, Melody Fuller with Oakland Wine and Food Society. You too can learn how to become a sponsor. Please go to blackfemaleproject.org. Again, that is blackfemaleproject.org. <laughs>